Park City. In the funky two hotel, she took my heart and she took my money. She must have slipped me a sleeping pill. She never drinks the water, makes you order fresh champagne. to part four, the second hour of Capital Sports on Moscow's Capital FM here this evening. And this this is a weird kind of, co- well, coincidence, I don't know, or maybe it's just like we, we were bringing this karma to world football. But as soon as we, were, we announced the song, a goal went in in the Wales-Croatia game. Who scored it? Yeah, uh, it was Croatia, and on the ninth minute was Nikola Vlasic of Vlasic, CSK. Yeah. Of, course. of course, one of the players playing for Croatia is Andy. Yeah, Mr. Vida got booked as soon as you announced that. There you go. As Mr. Soon- Loco Vida. <laughs> exactly, there you go. Just, it's, I don't know, all these like weird, weird, weird um, things going on. Now, also, there's a, 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 already a red card being shown in that game up in Tallinn against Estonia. Germany are down to 10 men, are they? Yeah, it, I, I haven't actually seen the red card, but Emre Chan, who's playing at centre-back or b- uh, part of a back three this evening at the Lecoq Arena, 
Um, it, it just is here an absolute moment of stupidity. But as I've said, I, I haven't actually seen the challenge that he's been red carded for. But down to 10 men, chance for Estonia to get their first win, maybe, of the qualifiers. I doubt it. No, no. Well, I get. I mean, They've it's only not... scored twice so far and conceded 18. I think 10 right. Germans um, might, might still edge it. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't sort of put it past Germans, like, you know, getting a couple of goals up, like, quite soon. But um, overall, I mean, it, it, what's it looking statistically wise in that? Are the Germans there, they're ahead? The, Germany have had uh, the, the majority of the possession. It's 70 30 at the moment. But uh, Estonia have had two attempts. Um, one was blocked, one was off target. Uh, Germany, just the one attempt also off target. Okay, and that Wales Croatia game, I mean, uh, I mean w- Wales need that win. They need to, to not just to get a win, but need to, w- to continue on because they're in danger. Missing out, of course. Yeah, uh, especially with uh, I believe there was a, a very late goal for Azerbaijan disallowed earlier in the in the game for Hungary, for, yeah. for Hungary. So that finished one nil, and that puts Hungary on twelve points in second. Uh, Wales back in fourth on seven at the moment. Um, Slovakia have played the same amount of games as Wales, and three points ahead of them as well. So it's an uphill. They they desperately need a win tonight. That Welsh team, I mean, they promised so much a few years ago, um, but it just seems that maybe as Gareth Bale seems to have gone off the boil a wee bit, then the whole team has gone off the boil as well. Um, yeah, certainly. I mean, looking at that squad, there's, there's plenty of experience in there with the likes of Bale and Joe Allen, uh, but elsewhere, when you look through it, um, Daniel James, obviously, now of Manchester United, um, unless you're a really big football fan, you might struggle to, to you know place some of the players that they've got. Uh, Lockyer, Rodden, Roberts, Williams, Moore. I mean, no relation. N- no, no relation to you. Um, yeah, it's 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 not it's not a particularly strong squad that they've that, that they can call on. Um, so it will be going a goal down tonight is um, especially so early and a little bit of a lucky one. It sort of trickled past the keeper and in off the post. So that will be a, a big downer for them. Okay, we know Vlasic's playing here in um, with, with Siskab. Mean, they, they invested to bring him in because he, he was... Uh, I, I spoke with some Everton a, fans. It was a bargain, really. Yeah, because, I mean, he's a really good player. He's, a, he's, a, he's an international player. He's played in the World Cup. It's, oh, go on, oh, go, go, on. go Austria. Oh. Okay. Um, okay, who okay, scored? Uh, Slovenia are one down. I believe it's the right-back Posh. Okay, Posh, okay. So, nice goal, all right. Um, okay, so again, look, look at that as well. I mean, Slovenia are a team that many, many years ago threatened to qualify for World Cup in 2002, but they've never come on. They've never seemed to have that kind of development of players coming through. Uh, Austria, again, have flattered to deceive. Um, one of the historically great teams of football, but just never seem to take that extra step as well. Yeah, they, I, I, I don't know what it is with Austria. They've got a few very, very good players. Um, Arnatovic isn't, isn't playing today. I don't know whether... Uh, he's out injured or or just benched. I think he is actually on the substitute bench. I think they've slightly rotated. But they've got players that play in big leagues and have plenty of experience. Um, I mean, Sl- Slovenia as well have the same. They've got Verbic, Dinamo Kiev, good player. Spora, who's making a bit of an impression uh, this year with uh, Slovan Bratislava. Um, Ilicic, obviously very well experienced, played in uh, for a lot of big he clubs. Serie A as well. Yeah, 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 still Serie A for Atalanta, obviously playing Champions League this year. Um, so yeah, two two big teams, and um, it's a very very difficult group. If I'm being honest, Poland, Austria, North Macedonia have done very well in it so far as well on 12 points, and Slovenia on 11. Okay, that is going. Okay, we're going to go over to Toronto right now to um, Mr. Alex B because we're going to see what he has to say to us. Um, because there's, there's, I say, little Nike or little trouble in Big China. Um, Alex, it's not all 
bread and roses for for the NBA out in China, is it, in the preseason? Oh, yes. Howdy, howdy, howdy. So, um, yeah, in China, we've definitely seen uh, what they do in the preseason. They have exhibition games against international teams. So, um, and the talent level of the NBA is nowhere near that of China. So, when they played, like, um, we've seen an 80-point lead for the Houston Rockets against the Shanghai Sharks. 142-75, I believe. That's a blowout. That's a blowout in any, in any account. Um, but, of course, the, the, there were questions being asked of the Golden State Warriors. Um, uh, Headman and basically uh, being asked, you know, does he have any, uh, let's just say, reservations about going to play in China uh, due to human rights abuses and so on? And he had an interesting response as well. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, what, what they do is they don't bring all their players into China because they... They obviously care about the NBA season way more than about anything else. So, like, there's ser- several teams that just don't bring their stars. Like, the Jazz didn't bring in Rudy Gobert because he played because he played in the international game. So, they're kind of just you could you could tell they're obviously not giving it their all. And also, we've seen Jeremy Lin, who was a bench player for the Raptors and didn't get off the bench once for the finals. He just went to China in the off season, and now he dropped. Okay, we're going to uh, call Alex back there and just try to get back in line because the line was going a little bit dodgy there a wee bit. Um, what we were mentioning actually in that situation was um, there was a question asked by uh, a reporter. Uh, why, you know, do, do, does the, the head of the, the Golden State Warriors feel okay going to play uh, pre-season exhibition games in uh, in China? And did you see that report? I, I haven't seen it. I'm... Been, I've, I've, I saw a few tweets online about um, some sort of game plan change uh, and and a bit of a backlash, um, especially to do with Hong Kong at the moment, which is obviously a very sensitive issue. But I, I haven't really been following it myself. Okay, the basic the idea about it was that he, he was asked, like you know, um, do you have any um, not regrets or, or sort of hang ups about uh, going to play in uh, China? And his answer was, well, look, he said, if we're talking about like issues, say, for example, um, uh, in 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 um, what should we call it? in China and what's happening in, in Hong Kong. The other issue, like it was Steve Kerr who said, the Golden State Warriors coach, uh, ex-NBA player, star as well, he basically said, look, we have enough going on at home in terms of like with people able to buy machine guns and gun down people in school. So let's, let's get something in balance here. Like, I mean, it's not happening there and so on. Of course, before that, um, the Houston Rockets owner, he tweeted out like kind of like, well, in support of Hong Kong. I saw that. That that was one. He actually said he he immediately regretted hitting the send button. I think yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it was it was something that I, I think it was kind of a, it was a it was a wrong thing to do, um, and in, in terms of like if he was going to be consistent, be consistent. And say, look, yeah, I don't agree with it, but that wasn't what he did. Now the NBA, of course, straight away um, there were um, you know. Games being pulled, games being cancelled, the big posters taken down of players. It was like that because, of course, the NBA is very, very big in China. Yeah, it's the biggest. And, and, and despite that, the the main broadcaster there refused to show some of the games. I think as well the that, CCTV or that's right, that's right, CCTV or yeah, that's right. Uh, Alex, sorry, we got you back in the line. So um, as we were saying, was that uh, with this this controversy in China that um, China then reacted very, very badly, for example, to the tweet from the Houston Rockets owner and to the Warriors, Steve Kerr, uh, kind of then defending them. So the NBA are now in danger 
of losing uh, a foothold, a financial foothold in China. Is that correct? Uh, well, yeah. The thing that they don't really understand is that they're trying to, well, I've heard this opinion, that they have, they're trying to establish a partnership, not a friendship. There's obviously a lot of core differences in, in between like the uh, moral values of Americans and Chinese. So obviously there's going to be some things that they disagree about, but this could make both of them a hefty amount of money. Okay, so if, if we look at it, I mean, um, we know this money-making because a lot of soccer teams will go across, or football teams will go across then to play their, their pre-season events in China and so on. And yeah. China are, are, are heavily invested in sports marketing, shall we say, and, 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 and sports yeah. sponsorship. Um, also, even in the States, there were people who held up signs uh, saying support Hong Kong, but then the NBA teams took down those signs as well. So it's not just in China that the scent is being quashed, it's it's in America and Canada as well. Uh, well, yeah, you can definitely see them make a lot of like um, choices like this that uh, most of the people would disagree with, but this could keep their partnership lasting, which I think they value a lot. So you reckon that, that the NBA, they will go for the, the yuan or the dollar more than human rights and so on? Um, well, I hope they. Uh, I don't even know what the right answer here because um, it could really go both ways. And again, we've seen uh, Adam Silver. He's kind of keeping like a weird like he doesn't say like when they ask him about what he thinks of the players, he doesn't like support them, but he doesn't at the same time he doesn't like denounce what they said. So it's obviously like a very weird like there's no there's not going to be any friendship between China and the NBA anytime soon. Okay, well, that is fair enough. Um, of course, we were talking earlier on about Nike as well, and they, they are heavily invested into basketball as well, and and also their, their operations in China. Um, what has the fallout this week been like in, in sports because of Nike? Because they shut down the Oregon project. So um, is there much going on in terms of over in North America about Nike or people asking questions about their business ethics? Oh, well, yeah, everybody is obviously doubting, like, the NBA's ability to function. This has been going on. There's, like, incidents like this in the NBA happened about twice a year. So it's kind of like Adam Silver is kind of used to things like this. Um, Alex, uh, okay, way to a different topic, okay, different topic. I just want to ask you a question. Um, there were rumors uh, in the in, in the last little while that the Raptors, that there were some financial difficulties within the Raptors franchise. Have you heard anything about that? Or is that just, again, just like Twitter rumors? Um, well, the big thing is that, first of all, the Raptors are notorious for overpaying their players. So, like, we have guys, like, that are, like, B-grade players that get paid as much as, like, superstars do. Uh, we've had guys that are, like, bad just get paid, like, a lot. So, like, that's definitely, like, with guys like Kyle Lowry, he's, like, our number one guy. He's, like, the number one Raptor. And he also gets paid, like, $36 million a year. And so, uh, now we have Pascal Siakam, who's the, uh, he's, like, the emerging star. He's supposed to have his breakout season this year. And uh, everybody, he's been getting better and better last year. He was most improved player of the year. He's still very young. And now people, before he's not at superstar yet, level yet, but... His team knows that he's going to be, so they're already asking for superstar money. 
So okay. that's essentially going to be, it's not a financial difficulty right now, but it could become a financial difficulty next summer when free agency. That's, that's exactly it. That's, it's not an issue now, but it will be in the future. Listen, before, before we go to the break, just one quick question for you. Um, the Leafs are, are doing pretty decently. They, they're above 500 there, or on 500 there, uh, three and two right now with one overtime loss, uh, after six right. games. Um, they're number three in the Atlantic division behind the Bruins <laughs> and the Sabres, which is, Again, uh, <laughs> but to behind the Bruins, that's the that's the worst thing. But yeah. the most important thing is, uh, no, that's temporary. That's very temporary. Okay, listen, but they're ahead of the, the Canadians. Um, looking at that, the Maple Leafs because of course we've got a lot, a lot of listeners who are big into their hockey, especially North American hockey. Um, right, a decent, a decent squad, a decent roster that they have. I mean. Uh, they, they, they should at least make a breakthrough decision, shouldn't they? Because, I mean, they've got good goaltending, they've got good defence, and, I mean, they've got guys who can score goals as well. I mean, they've even got, like, uh, Mikhaev, who's right. from, from the right-winger from, from uh, Omsk, right-wing player, not right-winger, or whatever. I don't know his politics, maybe it is. But, I mean, they've got a good lot of talent in that squad. So, would you be confident that they're going to uh, make a bit of a breakthrough? Uh I certainly hope so, but the team that I'm actually looking at this year is the Edmonton Oilers because they're number one in the Western Conference and they have a very young roster, so I think these guys are going to have the biggest breakout this year. Okay, that, that is good. Listen, we're going to wait to break right now, but listen, you're going to stay in the line with us, I know, and we'll come back for our uh, reincarnation, shall we say, of the quiz. So we're going to go out to the break. We're going to go out and have a bit of fun right now and kind of like light up the evening. This is Major Laser featuring Nyla and Light It Up. We'll be back after break with our quiz. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. Stand up like a soldier, baby. Yeah, I know you been like that. Got it like a holster, baby. Should have said you're wicked like that.
Начинай свой день с Capital FM и Dinay Mild, где бы ты ни был, даже в душе. Каждое утро с 8 до 11 на 105 и 3 FM. Okay, welcome back, folks, to part five of Capital Sports here on Moscow Capital FM. I am Alan Moore, and of course, I have Andy Mack and Double N with me. Double N, no order scores, still just two goals scored. Yep, exactly, for us and Croatia. Okay, so they're both leading. Okay, so the neighbours, well, no, Croatia aren't neighbours. No, you had to go through Slovenia to get Austria. Okay, just trying to remember my uh, geography a wee bit. Okay, so um, Andy Mack, are you ready to get back into quiz mode? Absolutely not. No, okay, that's good. Uh, (laughs) Alex B, are you ready for quiz mode? Uh, yes, yes I oh, oh, I like that. Okay, well, look, I'm going to be very, very fair with you, okay? And uh, Double N, he's going to keep the scores. Uh, Andy, your questions are all on uh, Celtic. Now, I'm going to watch the screen. I can see if you're going to look up Celtic. <laughs> Close all the windows. Close the windows. Do you want me to keep up to date with the scores or not? Double N will take care of that. <laughs> he's taking scores he's here scoring, in the studio. Yeah. And scores. And, Alex, your topic is going to be... Kilmarnock. <laughs> no, not to go right. It's going to be the Toronto Raptors. Agreed? Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alex, seeing as you won the last time out, uh, Andy, I know using your phone either. Uh, so, uh, since you won the last time out, um, you're going to start off. So, Alex, when the Raptors started off, of course, their home was in the Sky Dome. Okay. Of course. Where do they play now? The Scotiabank Arena. Come on. Not the Air Canada Centre? Uh, it's now the Scotiabank Arena. Scotiabank Arena, very, very good. Okay. And for listen, an extra point, an extra one point for you. Um, what is the current name of the Sky Dome? Uh, the Rogers Center. Very good. That's two points there to Alex All B. Right. All right. Very good. Okay. I'm Alex, ma- make, make sure you speak nice and loud into the phone so we can hear you. Okay, Andy, over to you. Uh, first question for you, Andy. Who founded Glasgow Celtic? Um, father. <laughs> well, it's brother. Sorry, brother Wilfred. I can't give you that. It's Walfred. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I need no listen. I'm being fair on that one. All right, I'll give you that. All right. Uh, and what year were Celtic founded? Uh, eighty-eight, eighteen eighty-eight. Sure about that? Yes. Okay. All right. Okay. Give him one point for that. Okay. We'll okay. give him one point for trying. So, <laughs> all right. Um, Alex, we know that yeah. uh, Vince Carter was one of the best ever picks, draft picks for the Raptors. How many seasons did he play in Toronto? How many seasons did Vince Carter play in Toronto? Um, uh. I'd say about 11. Oh, are you sure? Yeah. Is that your last guess? Your last? That's, that's my last guess. I don't have anything better than that. I'm sorry, that's wrong. It's six. Oh. oh, yeah, quite a way. Yeah, that's what I was, I was, I was giving a chance. Okay, Andy, Glasgow Celtics manager from nineteen forty-five to sixty-five was. Um, pass. Jimmy McGrory. Ah, oh, no. It yeah, there you go. So he's both last one there. So okay, Alex, back to you. In what year did the Raptors draft Andrea Bargnani? Oh my god. Um, 
2004. That guy was hot garbage. I don't care. <laughs> Speak up, but we can't hear you call them garbage. Listen, are you sure 2004 is your final guess? Yeah, I'll take 2004. It's one of these like drafts where it's just, okay, no, I'm not going to say anything. Well, it was actually 2000. It was a weak point, and it was a dark time in Raptors history. I can tell as much as that. Okay. Well, it was 2006. So, <laughs> so it was the dark. 2006. Uh, Sorry for that. Yeah. Okay. Andy Mack. This is about sponsorship. Who was Celtics shirt sponsor? So in the front of the shirt in 1983-84. Who was the Celtic? Celtic, not Celtics. Celtic, that's Boston. The Glasgow Celtics shirt sponsor in 1983 to 84. Were they a sponsor only that year? No, I'm just asking. I, I, I'm not going to give you I a hint. Think, I think this might have been a little bit afterwards, but I was, I'm going to stick with it anyway and go C.R. Smith. Oh, you're one year too late. Do you want to have a second guess? Um, 83-84. Yeah. Nah, nah, can't think. I've lost it. You, if you said none, you'd have been right. They've no shirt sponsor. Ah, uh. <laughs> Celtic didn't have a shirt sponsor until '84. Yeah. So sorry about that. I, I, I tried to make it obvious for you. That's why I was like, "Do you want to really go again?" Okay. Anyway, all right. Um, double N. How are the scores right now? After uh, three questions. Two one for Alex. Okay, two one for Alex. Yep. Okay, Alex, this could put you into the lead by two points. Okay, so this is a okay. a, 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 a point after. So. What number? Okay, because we know that the um, the Toronto Raptors, their mascot, that the guy who dances around, is a is a raptor, a velociraptor. What number does yeah. he wear? Uh, nine and five. Ninety-five. Very good. That is because the year of the foundation of the Raptors. Okay, Andy, I'm going to give you a good chance. So, how many Celtic football players are in Scotland's Football Hall of Fame? Oh, that's a. <laughs> I'll, I'll, gi- I'll give you a hint. 27, 28, or 29? 27. Spot well on. 27, you got a point. Well done. Okay. And, um, okay, and f- I'll give you an extra bonus point for this. Uh, Scottish Sports Hall of Fame. How many Celtic players in that? Sports Hall of Fame, not just football. There, Andy. Yeah, I know. There, there, Andy. Uh, 28. Five. <laughs> 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 you were quite a way off on that. Right, we're going to bring you back into reality right now. Um, okay, so what's the scores after after the first round of the um, local knowledge? 3-2 for Alex. Okay, Alex, you're leading 3-2 going into this round, okay? So, yeah. <clears throat> now this is, this is an NFL question, okay? An NFL question, oh. so think very clearly about this, all right? So, in the 20 years from 2000 and 2019, four clubs have won more than one title. Okay, four. So the Patriots have won six. Of course, that's uh, Peter's team. Baltimore have won two. Pittsburgh, two. And the Giants from New York have won two. Give me four. So eight other teams have won one apiece. Give me four teams that have won, Alex. That have won. Yeah. They've won one Super Bowl. So there's eight teams who have won one Super Bowl between 2000 and 2019. Um... Oh, the uh, Green Bay Packers. Uh, That's one. Uh, Seattle Supersonics. Oh! Oh, good? no, no, no. I mean Seattle Seahawks. So. Very good. <laughs> we got. I shouldn't have even reacted. I should have said, eh, eh. All right, all right. All right, so the Packers, the Seahawks, two more. 
Uh, two more. Uh, <laughs> oh, the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. There we go. Very good. Uh, yeah, the Eagles. One and more. And the. Uh, I'm gonna say Cleveland Indians. Oh no, not Indians. Indians. <laughs> uh, yeah. what, what was that? Browns. Oh, the Browns, the Browns. No, no, they haven't won. No, it wasn't I don't think you've, I was alive when they won last. Okay, so you got three out of four. You got three points out of four. Andy, you have four to guess, and if you get another one, if you get one extra, so you got five to guess basically. So okay, so start away. <laughs> you got five get. You got four guesses. And I'll give you an extra NFL. Bottle. NFL. Yeah. Oh yeah. Come on. You're having a uh, Dolphins. No, that's one gone. Um, Redskins. No. Alex Sato would be crying at all. I'm, right I'm, I'm just naming oh, anything here. Uh, Raiders. No. 49ers. No, I'll give you one more. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible, Andy. I know diddly squat about this. Um, the Bengals. No. Okay, I'm going to go through them. The Broncos, the Saints, the Bucks, Buccaneers, the Colts and the Rams. So there you go. So all those have won. Uh, which brings us to the end of the quiz. Um, double N, what's the score? Uh, bad week for Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> Six, Six, there's, a, there's a shock. 6-2. Yep. Oh, Alex, you are still the undefeated. Well, not undefeated. You're still the reigning champion. Yeah, I've, I've had my bad days, but yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> This is my breakout season. He's, there you go. He's, there you go. He's coming out of his sad coma. <laughs> okay. Listen, Alex, thank you very, very much. We will talk to you next week. Keep warm over there, and we'll be catching up with you in uh, next Sunday night. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Alex. A pleasure, as always. Andy, you let the whole side down. I mean, I, I was trying my best to help you. Even with Celtic. My God. Well, yeah. Yeah. I'm Lost asking it. questions now. I'm asking questions now. Like when you're talking about Weir and you're speaking about England. That was just a typo. Yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Listen, um, it's almost half time. It should be half time in some of those games. Any score updates? Yep, no, no scores. Update. No scores? Okay, so no, nothing. And no more people sent off. No, 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 <laughs> okay. just, just Germany. <laughs> All right. Uh, listen, on, on, on that, we're talking there about the, the NBA playing in China, okay? Um, Dublin, do you think that that teams like like leagues like that they should actually use their like let's say their 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 muscle to actually try to affect change or to at least make statements and not be afraid of it? Do you think that teams should forget about money sometimes and just do what's maybe morally right? Um, yeah, there is a like line line uh, sort of between the, the all the reputation they have and sort of a right thing to do. So um, I think that these big, huge names should should take and should make um, how to say um, be idols and like people should look up to them for the change they bring to the sports, you know, to make it better. Okay, to so. use sports. Okay, uh, Andy, what do you reckon? Should sports stars, should sports teams stand up and make a difference? Um, it's a dangerous line, I think, when you're getting people interfering in other nations' political matters. Um, but if you take the politics out of it. Uh, China, I believe, is the the NBA's second biggest um, in 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 terms of viewership, and therefore a, a huge money pot for them. Um, so yes, people are not going to understand and say you should be making X and Y decisions based on the political stance of a country or what they're doing, not doing. Um, but in terms of the NBA, it's 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 money, it's funding, it's it, it's improving the sport. It's you know millions and millions of people 
play it, watch it in China? Um, should they be excluded? You know, do these people agree with what their government's doing? I don't know. But they certainly like basketball. So why, why, why deny them the opportunity? Because we did see it, of course, when uh, Colin Kaepernick, he, he, you know, he took a knee and so on, and uh, he, he, he took a knee to make a, make a statement about, you know, kind of, um, let's just say, like police brutality against um, Afro-Americans. But I don't know. I, don't, I know. Uh, hold on. One before, before we... But that was know, in his own country. That was in his own country, exactly, yeah, amongst his own people. Um, there is an, an extra score. Um, Andy? Yeah, Gareth Bale has uh, equalised for Wales against Croatia. It's one each. It was the 48th minute, still first, first half. Uh, it's half-time uh, Slovenia, nil, Austria, one. And half-time in Estonia, where it's still nil-nil against Germany. Okay, so that's good for Estonia anyway, so at least they're playing with 10 men. So you'd be looking at the Germans to try a wee bit. Okay, back on that. So um, when, you know, Kaepernick took a knee about brutality against um, Afro-Americans, but a lot of people sort of, there seems to be more going on. I mean, there's like victimization of players, especially who speak out um, about concussion or about like, you know, safety in play. So, I mean, it's, I don't know. I mean, it, do you speak out and lose out? Well, everyone was saying, especially coming in the lead-up to the World Cup here, should politics and sport be separated? But these are individuals that perhaps you can't control unless they're contractually obligated to do so, to, to speak out. And it, I think if it's, a, if it's an important issue for the individual, um, they're putting themselves in that situation where they're either going to be criticised or praised for doing it. So if they want to do it and there's nothing stopping them from doing it, then I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. So, because we we've had this discussion before, and it, it buzzes around the place of, you know, when this money comes in, like for example, when Gazprom invested into Schalke uh, and into the Champions League, it was, oh, it shouldn't be Russian money. And then when Middle Eastern money goes into English football, um, Man City, the blood money wins the league, and so on and so forth. When does this stop? Where is the balance yeah. in this? Yeah, and then you obviously have when there's in in football in UEFA competitions. Fans can't even show any political symbols. Players, we saw with, with Albania and um, uh, other incidents to do with Kosovo, etc. Um, you know, where, where, where can you stop? Where, um, if, if fans are being banned from doing it, but the football clubs are being punished, I mean... Okay, I mean, I, 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 <clears throat> I do understand. It is difficult. Andy, um, very quick, before we go on to uh, Peter Staunton in the last segment, looking ahead to the games this week, Ireland have a tough... <laughs> a tough game that they, they, if they win they qualify automatically um, what, what, give me a couple of games that you think our listeners should definitely watch this week uh, I think Ukraine-Portugal should, um, should be a very very good game uh, Kosovo-Montenegro if you want a bit of feistiness and, oh um, certainly, well, the Montenegros yeah. are fairly laid back anyway. well no they're not well, actually. Yeah, they're not, they're not. well uh, that, I think that should be uh, an, an interesting game and Sweden-Spain as well um, quite an important one in that group, have with um, Norway getting a, a good point late on against Spain. Uh, I think that stopped, I can't remember how many consecutive games Spain had won um, in, in qualifying. So a little bit of pressure maybe on them as well. So Sweden, Spain, Ukraine, Portugal for me would be the, the picks of, of, from a neutral perspective in those games. Ukraine, uh, five points clear of Portugal currently in that qualifying group. So What's I think France and Turkey? Because I mean, they're, they're, like Turkey are a team that, that can mix it up, but they're very, very inconsistent. Ah, but again, it's they really up tomorrow night at a quarter ten. Yeah, I, I, I think France will probably blow them away. Turkey have been scraping to to really struggled poor results sort of one nils against much lesser teams recently, and I think they might might get a big wake up call 
in that game against France if 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 they're on the money that going into it. Uh, obviously, they're both joint top at the moment on 18 points, so uh, finally, an important one. Before we go to the break, um, Switzerland, Ireland on Tuesday evening, uh, quarter to ten local time. Um, it's in Switzerland, so do you reckon like you know Ireland's tough game in Georgia? Uh, you know. Th- they might be looking maybe a point to be good enough just to go in into the last game against Denmark and give them a, a bit of a rattle. Yeah, I, th- I think, it, I mean, Ireland traditionally under Mick McCarthy set up to be very difficult to beat. Um, I think eight of Switzerland's last 10 home games and qualifiers have seen under, under 2.5 goals. So I think it'll be very tight. I th- Switzerland, I think, should have the edge. They've got, um, I, th- I think they've got better individuals that, that can turn that game. It'll be interesting to see, but a point would be absolutely huge for Ireland if they can get it. Okay, so another point on the road. Okay, right, uh, folks, we're going to the break right now uh, because winter still is coming, and this is Muse and Supermassive Black Hole. We'll be back after the break with Peter Staunton. Capital Sports with Alan Moore.
рекомендует. Почувствуй магию одного из лучших фестивалей в мире. С 14 по 21 марта. Tomorrowland Winter. Вальба. Заснеженные склоны. И музыка. Мартин Гаррикс, Дмитрий Бегас and Like Mike, Армин Ван Бюрен, Тимми Трампет и другие любимые артисты. Tomorrowland Winter. Вальба. 18+. Okay, welcome back, folks, to part six and the very last segment of Capital Sports here on Moscow's Capital FM tonight. I'm still Alan Moore. Well, for at least for a few hours. Anyway, uh, Double N, he is going to get Peter Staunton on the line for us, our England football correspondent. Andy Mack is here. Andy, you're going to give us the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup because it was Russia, they put in decent showing. They did well. They, they didn't win a match, but they, they showed up anyway. They, they put on a bit of a show. Um, who's playing who and when? Um, so the quarterfinals start next weekend. On Saturday, we've got England versus Australia in the early kickoff. Uh, and then followed by New Zealand versus Ireland on Saturday too. On Sunday, the first of the quarterfinals on that day is Wales v France, and then Japan looking to do it all over again against South Africa. Okay, picking at that, who make the semi-finals? Um, I think Australia will give England a tough game. Um, I think New Zealand should beat Ireland going on current form. Wales and France. I haven't been particularly impressed by Wales in the last few games. They've kind of stuttered. Uh, and Lee Halfpenny, obviously, who hadn't played a game up until um, the game against Uruguay earlier today, who then got man of the match. It'll be interesting to see if they make any changes. Um, I expect the Southern Hemisphere sides to maybe progress with Wales. Okay, so Wales, like they, they did enough today to see off Uruguay. They were, they were very. It was a very changed, changed 15, but they, they were almost punished for that. Exactly, in, in but some you ways. Know, it was a great match because they both went at it to the very, very end, and even Uruguay, they didn't want to give up. And yeah. Wales as well. Wales could have like put the ball Wales, in, yeah. but they were like, no, we're going to get you. It's like, you know, come on up the boys. Like, you know, yeah. it's like, it was very, very good. Okay, we are going to um, double end. We've got no no score updates. Only half time right now. No. Nope. Okay, so we'll we'll do this before we went off air. Okay, so right now we're going to go. I'm going to ask him where he is actually, where he, where he's hiding out at the moment because he's been covering a lot of football and the of course the international break is on right now and he's looking at what's going on with the English team. Uh, and England, of course, they lost on Thursday 2-1 in Prague against a decent enough Czech, Czech team. And, of course, Andy Mack, he called it. He said that, like, England would get turned over by the Czechs. You know, they would be bounced, shall we say, by the Czechs. Sorry, stupid like, little pun. However, our England football correspondent, Peter Staunton, you're on the line. You can hear us loud and clear? I can hear you loud and clear, Alan. Perfect. Listen, Peter, um, I'm going to read through some headlines in just a moment. But first of all, um, where are you? <laughs> I'm at home in Leeds, Alan. I didn't travel. I wasn't in the Czech Republic. I won't be in Bulgaria uh, either. Um, no away assignments uh, for me on international break this week. And uh, we should be back in, uh, in on Monday night to cover Sheffield United and Arsenal as normal next week. Very good. OK, so it's all back to the regular domestic fair. OK, look, I'm going to read two of these for you. And just tell us, um, because you, of course, have your colleague covering it and so on. So I'm not, I'm not going to go through too much. But, uh, for example, the Express UK um, <clears throat> two days ago said England fans ride in Prague after a Czech Euro, blah, 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 Euro 2020 match. The next one then, The Sun, England fans charged by riot cops in Prague as 10 arrested. The Metro newspaper, uh, Czech police 
throw stun grenades at England fans as 10 are arrested. Then the Independent says England fans, 18 arrested over football-related disorder in Prague. Uh, the, the Independent then also added up a little like, update on it. Um, 31 people detained for rising. And then finally, BBC, police arrest 14 England fans in Prague after Euro 2020 qualifier. Uh, and the Telegraph, of course, England fans detained amid isolated clashes with Prague riot police. What on earth took place there? And why is it so all over the place? First of all, the, the headline saying that the riot police charged, throwing stun grenades, and then that they, mm-hmm. they were football ready disorder. It, it just seems like very, very mishmash, the whole thing, Peter. So where does the truth lie? We've discussed it before, but from your knowledge... Where does the truth lie? Well, look, I don't have an eyewitness account because I wasn't there, Alan, uh, for a start. But I can go by, I suppose, um, the police reports that were put out. And I can go by uh, the eyewitness accounts uh, that have appeared on certain social media accounts in terms of um, in terms of the videos. And, and in, in that regard, we can see um, riot police certainly moving towards England fans. Uh, but usually that's um, it's not something that you would say is is done. Um, you know, when, when the alarm is first raised. Um, I've been with England fans um, all over Europe and in the last four or five years, um, there's a pernicious element within that England support. I'm not saying it's everybody. It might even be as low as, as one or two percent of, of the number of people that go on tour, but it's it's significant and, and it's, it's a malignant um, uh, element within the support that attracts attention, not only from, from locals, um, but also from from the local constabulary, uh, no matter where they are. I saw it in Portugal uh, the last time I was away with England at the Nations League. So I have a good idea of what might have happened uh, in Prague. Um, you know, they, they tend to occupy whatever square they can. Um, you know, they, they're drinking as soon as they get there. Uh, we saw uh, in this in this instance, I saw some reports that, that um, I think it was an EasyJet flight had banned consumption of alcohol from the UK going towards Prague and anybody that opened their own alcohol on board, those flights would have been arrested uh, once the plane landed. So that tells you that, you know, they really want to put the muzzle on the England fans when it comes to drinking uh, as quickly as possible. But once they get there, I mean, you know, all bets are off. So once they occupy these squares, then it becomes louder. Um, it becomes a little, more, a little more rambunctious. The singing starts. Um, and then you might get a bit of fight back from the locals where they're saying, hey, can you chill out? You know, we just want to uh, go about our day normally. And that's maybe then when bottles start getting lobbed, bad language starts getting used and you get sort of low level disorder. And then it's an escalation, Alan. It just it just picks up uh, as the day goes on. And then eventually you get to a stage where, you know, um, locals are left in no other option. But the police are called and, and, and the situation has moved on. And I think that is, is a classic archetype of, of what happens. And that's happened um, over the weekend in Prague. Okay, so um, just 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 uh, now we're getting built up. Uh, for example, Ben Runsby in the Telegraph yesterday had Nazi flags, children with swastikas, and pro-racism banners inside the club football culture in Bulgaria. So it's wrapping up that you know these are like a bunch of knackers in in Bulgaria, and they're going yeah. to like they, like if the England fans react, it's because they're built they're setting the scene for what could happen. Um, do you think maybe that the 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 England sort of the media pack also need to kind of have a look and say, listen, let's draw a line under this unless either report it fairly and just say, look, there's no excuses and actually work with the police or, or to try and develop it. Mm-hmm. Or, or is there a bit of fear there, maybe, Peter? Well, look, if you're going to the Premier League every week, you don't see a lot of this. You know, that's, that's, that's the truth of it. Um, by and large, you would say bad behaviour 
um, civil disorder has been eradicated from from the Premier League match day experience. Of course, it still goes on every Saturday, but you know it goes on at, on at a lower scale and it goes on uh, out of the way. But I think the way that 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 these ideas of, of racism, Nazism, xenophobia within football support, the way they've been covered um, traditionally by the British media is that it's something that happens over there quite regularly. And by over there, I mean it happens in Eastern Europe. They say, it, oh, it happens every, when they go to Ukraine, for example, they say it happens uh, with elements of the support there. When they go to Russia, of course, they say that it, it happens there. Uh, when it, when, obviously, when they go to Bulgaria, they'll, 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 they'll smoke out uh, a few Nazis there as well uh, to fit the agenda too. But, you know, Every time that racism is then portrayed uh, in the English game, it's always an isolated incident. Where So there's this idea that it's systematic and persistent in other countries, but every time it happens in England, it's a one-off. Uh, until the next one off, until the next one off, until the next one off. And that's exactly so, it. it. It's just like it just goes round and round like it's, it's, a, it's a sort of an ever-decreasing circle. Um, Peter, looking at that now, I mean, the, the English team, you know, sitting top of the table, uh, Bulgaria bottom of the table, they haven't won a match, they've drawn three of their six games. Um, yeah. they're, they're, they're on a bad run from what we remember as the great Bulgarian teams of the, <laughs> like, of the late 80s, well, especially the 90s, they were a great golden generation came through. Um, That's right, yeah. But there was a promise made by English players, because you're speaking about racism, that if any racist abuse was given in Prague, for example, or in Sofia, uh, that the English players will walk off. They won't wait for the three-step program. One is where it's announced, please stop this uh, chanting. The second one, then the the referee takes the players off. And the third one, then the referee takes them off again, and that's it, it's finished. So the game is not stopped. The English players said, if they start abusing us, we walk off as a team. Um, do you think that that, like, you know, that, does does that help the situation? Does that maybe antagonise a little bit because maybe, you know, the, 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 it's, it's sort of it's not the kind of language that needs to be spoken about. Maybe it just needs to be more that we say, look, we're not going to go. What you mean? Like they wouldn't go to a country where they think they're going to get racially abused? Is that like, what you mean? Yeah, I mean, just say no. We're going to boycott until they up their game and they actually start to improve the conditions for coloured players who are visiting the the country. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the problem with that is is that then you're into a bit of game theory because if I was, you know, this is obviously an extreme example, but if if, I, if I'm an opposition fan and I know that I can get the game called off and three points put in my team's favour by sitting in the other end and racially abusing one of the players and blaming it on, on, on the home end, then, you know, fans will do that. Um, it, it doesn't take, it's, you know, it's only a short hop before people are, are using these kind of things to their own advantage. So... I don't think it, it's it's a very difficult one to find what the solution could be because uh, you know on one side of the argument you you do have uh, prominent black voices like John Barnes who, who would say you know get on with it <laughs> you know he, that's that's kind of the way that that well he that, got it his whole career so I mean he, he you know he exactly yeah. and and you know and, and he points to people like Jaden Sancho saying you know he, that he says Jaden if Jaden says he's suffering within football. You know, he, he more or less said, well, let's see what it would be like for you if you're a black bus driver or if you're, you know, if you're um, a young black person working in retail, you know, then, then you would see what, what these sort of systematic abuses uh, are about. And I think one thing I do agree with John Barnes on is that if it's in society, it's in football. And if it's in football, then it's in society that, you know, if there is sort of um, a persistent uh, racist outlook uh, attached to a football team. Uh, you're not going to find that in isolation. It's not because that team is racist, you know. 
that, you know, I would never say in England, for example, you know, in the, in the last few years, there's been examples of, at different clubs of, of racist behaviour in the stands. But I would never say, oh, Chelsea fans are racist. And then again, I would never say that, oh, uh, you know, let's say uh, Rangers fans are racist or whatever, wherever the case may be. I would say that the, the racism persists within society across all levels, all strata of English society. Um, and football gives an opportunity for people to bring this racist behaviour to the fore. Uh, it's just one more area of life that people can be racist on. I, I, I don't differentiate it uh, between somebody, you know, if somebody's had a few drinks and they're on the tube. You've seen, you've seen these videos floating about and somebody won't stand up. All of a sudden, the racist, uh, you know, the invective starts coming out. That's what happens at football. If it's in society, it's in football. Okay, um, Peter, we, we're, we're running short enough, so I just want to, because Andy Mack has a couple of questions for you about Russia. Um, cool. First, quick, for, for, for tomorrow night, of course, game kicking off at our time here, uh, 9.45, England should be should be winning that game by two to three goals at least, shouldn't they? Yeah, definitely. I saw the, I saw the home leg and Bulgaria were were not just well beaten, but they were inept in their own game. It's it's one thing turning up and getting beaten three or four when you do your stuff and you just say, okay, we were we were outdone, but Bulgaria were terrible. Um, and I would expect a big backlash from what happened uh, the other night in the Czech Republic. I think England are going to come for three points and. They should take it uh, quite convincingly, I would say. Okay, so of course it was four nil that first game uh, in England. So okay, well let's let's look to see. Okay, Andy Mack has a couple of questions before we run away for tonight. Hi, Peter. Um, Hello, I- Andy. <coughs> How are you? <laughs> and you? Um, I I was at the debacle uh, for Scotland on Thursday night. Um, oh, I, wow. I I wasn't particularly impressed. I, I thought the scoreline slightly flattered Russia. Um, what's your mm-hmm. current take on? The, the Russian squad and do you think now that they've qualified and secured their spot for the Euros do you think they've actually got a realistic chance of, of kind of doing a repeat of the World Cup well I think they were meant to look an awful lot better than they actually are um, against, against Scotland they had two sort of really good results um, against them uh, but you know I'm actually quite I'm, I'm surprised that they've, they've, they've uh, secured uh, that qualification I suppose so handily um, I expect them to have a few more problems but I guess that momentum has rolled along uh, from the World Cup. Um, you know, they've brought in one or two uh, exciting players into the squad. Um, I think they're quite a solid, dependable unit at the back. I don't know if they're going to pull up any trees uh, at the Euros, but, but you know, certainly to see them carry over that momentum from 2018 uh, into this campaign, I think, you know... Which, uh, which nation would you say has impressed you most so far? Oh, I think we've lost Peter, have we? Peter, can you hear us? Yeah, I just missed that question from Andy. Yeah, I was I was just saying which which nation has impressed you so far the most that you think might potentially win it come 2020? Well, I think there's a lot of them that are flawed, but I think Italy have been uh, have been sort of flawless uh, to this point. Um, and you know, they're sort of really getting their their act together. Uh, but for me the team that that stands head and shoulders above I think is Belgium uh, at the moment. I think they've got great balance uh, within the squad, uh, in defense, good goalkeeper, um Strikers scoring every time they set in the field, and then they've got the difference maker, Eden Hazard. Um, again, it's going to be whether a team that's never done it before, you know, once they get to the to the last knockings of a tournament, can they get then get over the line? Uh, we'd have to wait and see. But I think they look the most sort of club like uh, unit in the Europe- European qualification phase so far. Okay, Peter, thank you so much for that. Good luck to England tomorrow evening, and of course, good luck to Ireland on Tuesday as well.
Thank you, Alan. And Thanks. thank you, Andy. Love you talking to you, lads. Thanks. Thank Thanks, you, Peter. Peter. Okay, there of course is uh, Peter <laughs> Peter Stolton. He of course is one of the top writers in English football uh, with Goal.com. Of course, our England football correspondent. Uh, double end. There is a score update from um, Tallinn. Yeah. yeah, ten men. Germany is leading one nil. Okay, no. Gundogan. Gundogan yep. scores. Yeah, yeah correct. Very, very good. Okay, so folks, we're going to right now. Uh, we'll say good night for tonight. Um, again, enjoy the games this week. Big one tomorrow night. That England Bulgaria game. I mean, that's that is one to watch. Um, I, I personally would pick France and Turkey because I think that's going to be an absolute cracker. Sweden Spain scores is good. That's on Tuesday night. Um, However, let's see what happens. And fingers crossed as well for Switzerland and Ireland. Okay, double end. Thank you very much for your work this evening. Thank you. Andy, thank you for your persistence and actually recovering to come into the studio today because I know it was a tough week. It was tough. Week. It was really tough. tough. Week. Very, yeah. very tough week. I mean, then losing the quiz, you're coming here. So you're just battered from every single corner. Okay. Right, folks, we're going to go out right now for the week. Um, and I hope you're going to have a great week. We're going to have lots of sport this week as well. Of course, next weekend, another round of the Russian Premier League. And of course, the big, big games next weekend. Just before we go away, big, big games. Lokomotiv away on Friday night in Ahmad, 7.30 kickoff. Spartak at home to Rubin. Will they have Tedesco in? We will have to wait and see. Siska are away on Sunday. They are playing at 2 o'clock in Ufa. And finally, Dinamo on Sunday evening are home against Krasadar. So we'll be here, of course, covering that as well. Okay, so have a great, great week. Have fun. And we're going to go out right now with Pitbull featuring TJ Orr and Don't Stop the Party. Words to live by. Talk to you next week. Capital Sports with Alan Moore. You don't get them girls loose. TJR. You don't get the world loose. loose. You don't get money. Mr. Worldwide. But I do. I do. You don't get them girls loose. loose. You don't get the world loose. loose. You don't get money. But I do. I do. I think you're having a good time out there. Dale, disfruta. Dale, disfruta.